Big time show winners throw a sorrow party in a fascist militaristic future. <laughs> Somebody write this. And welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea and then brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And here to help us with our brainstorming today is Matthew Marcus. Welcome to the show. Hello. Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, we are excited to have you here. So as we were talking beforehand about storytelling interests, you mentioned that you have a role play background, specifically that you did you did some LARPing in college. So let's. I'd love to hear a little bit about that, maybe explain what that is for anybody who is new to this. And then, yeah, tell <laughs> us a little bit about that background. Yeah, I'm of a certain age. So I I come from an era when I when I was first, you know, Acquiring consciousness as a sentient being, D and D was around, and essentially this was before the age of of uh, video games of any mm-hmm. any real consequence. Which I'm sure some of your younger viewers can't even imagine such a time. But if we <laughs> wanted to play like a video game, we had to you know do it with paper and pen and mm-hmm. dice. And, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have a computer to do it for you. So when I went to university, this was like one of my hobbies was role playing, telling stories via this medium. But at, th- at that time, you know, video games were starting to take off. So there was no real need for Dungeons and Dragons to just replicate video games. So this was an era when storytelling games were starting to turn into something new. There was no need for them just to be like war game simulators. You could do that on a computer now. Uh, so people started doing more storytelling games where you would actually get into character. You'd all stand up and just talk to each other. There'd be no more killing monsters, no more rolling dice. And this is <laughs> called live action role playing or LARPing. So. I feel like I was sort of there at kind of a watershed moment for role-playing games when it turned from, you know, this war game simulator into this kind of thing where people didn't care anymore about rolling dice. They just cared about standing up and dressing up and talking to each other, plotting, scheming, machinations. Yeah. Basically, let's pretend for grown-ups. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah, and role-playing games have continued to develop since then. And I feel like there's a whole, there's a whole sort of movement now called indie role-playing games which have gone even further away from even further away from the original like D, you know hitting monsters with swords and it's really gone into a sort of phase where people are like yeah we want to explore the deepest psychological motivations and traumas of our characters yeah. <laughs> and people are going to like they're going to norway and they're doing these incredible setups which is like Ooh. set in world war ii it's the resistance of, from the different countries of all oh, meta. Wow. and they, they, they get really intense and they're like we're going to you know, talk about nationalism and talk about you know the pity of war and I don't know they, I, I don't role play so much anymore but when I when I was invited on this podcast I was like oh yeah that was, that was, that was such a big part of my life for such a long time <laughs> and uh, yeah storytelling is uh, it keeps on keeps on developing keeps on evolving to this day so yeah, yeah so exciting uh, stuff so tell me a little bit about the the that experience of this live action role playing where you're kind of developing this thing together I know I've done. I've done D&D and I've done, and I'm a theater person. So I do a lot of theater yeah. and improvise theater together. So I'd love to hear, were you, were you really kind of devising this world together? How much of it was kind of set up by somebody beforehand? Were you just kind of jumping in and making up a character as you went and making up stories about them as you went through? I'd love to hear what this, what, yeah. what you did as part of this. Well, let me tell you about, I, I went to Oxford University in England and I was very lucky that the first year I was there, some very brilliant people had uh, they decided to invent something called the society games so as the role-playing mm. game society society game and the mm. first game wasn't too wasn't too experimental it was set in the world of dungeons and dragons it mm-hmm. was set in the world of greyhawk and the idea was 
is that everyone was wizards from different lands in the world of Great Hawk, and they'd all come together in something called the Grand Conclave. And so all the wizards Ooh. were sort of politically machinating against each other. Mm-hmm. There was sort of a secret plot that the, the two games masters had come up with. So there's there all sorts of hidden skullduggery to unearth. But essentially, it was everyone gathering around a table, and they were being really florid characters. They, every, <laughs> everyone had a massive, larger-than-life personality. My character was called Tarquin Armada. He was Armada. He was the Grand Wizard of the Kingdom of Furiondi, which uh. is a, basically a kingdom of like thick-headed knights. And so, <laughs> it's like, so incredibly chivalrous. So he was all like, "I am just an honourable man. I I believe in the laws of chivalry." He was always sort of running around <laughs> trying, to, trying to be a do-gooder. Anyway, this but, took off massively, this game. And, you know, the next game was set in a sort of post-apocalyptic future with psychic powers. So, And then there was ooh. a game set in a thieves' guild of a fantasy city where everyone was thieves plotting their heists and so on. I got to run it in its fifth iteration. Mm. The one I ran was called Inferno, and it was set in 19th century. It's a sort of a Bavarian Illuminati concept. Where it was set in sort of steampunk, uh, steampunk 19th century. Everyone was a member of a different a different house of this Illuminati, and the houses were themed off the zodiac signs. Okay, so all the fire signs were like military types. All the water signs were magicians. All the air signs Ooh. were politicos, and you know, mm. massive amounts of like, you know steampunk. So yeah, it was. That we're sounds still in like the, yeah, we're still in the days where things are kind of kind of fantasy oriented and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but amazing. And people used to get it. They used to plot and scheme and try and do each other down secretly. Everyone wrote a, <laughs> oh, yeah. a secret turn sheet every week, and then the the turn sheets would be processed, and, oh, and nice. people were trying to do each other over. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. That sounds like so much fun. We told oh. so many stories, and it was a different story every year, a different world uh, yeah. was created, and you know. Incredible, and these things never get written down. And it's right, right. Sad. <laughs> there's there's something about the 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 transitory, like that it's it's gone. <laughs> that is yeah. is mm-hmm. partly beautiful, but also kind of sad. Yeah, it's like people like live theater. It's a very different yeah. experience from a book because you go to live theater thinking maybe I'll get something tonight that no one's ever gonna see mm-hmm. again. Yes, indeed. Okay, with that all being said, let's go ahead into our into our brainstorming, which is also it, it, it's about show winners, <laughs> which which as I believe this part of the interview might have gotten stuck behind the in, the in the Patreon, but yeah, we invited we found you Matthew through your appearance on Princess on Jeopardy, and so this one is maybe connected. <laughs> you might have some things to say about this. So as a reminder, our synopsis is: big time show winners throw a sorrow party in a fascist militaristic future. <laughs> There's just such an interesting combination. I I guess the initial question is, I want to know what a sorrow party is and why we're oh, one same. for one. <laughs> yeah, there's a tension here, isn't there, between the fact that these are these are big time winners. These are meant to be glorious successes. I assume they mm-hmm. are glorious successes, ostensibly. <laughs> the, the media is portraying these people as glorious successes, but I like the fact that somehow it must not really be a glorious success. There must be some yeah. great tragedy, some sorrow here. So I was interested in exploring that for sure. This, yeah, is this some weird, weird, dark, fascist, militaristic game show of the future where, like, (laughs) I don't know, like, or like, or we're winning in, like, (laughs) so there's a, there's a card game called Gloom. Which is yes, a storytelling card it. game where you're trying to make your characters as miserable as possible before they <laughs> kill them off. Is this this? You're trying to be as yes. sad as possible, and that's how you win. Brilliant, yeah. And Edward is, Edward Gorey, isn't it? Kind of a theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theme yeah. card game. That's such a good card game. So it's lovely. so much fun. 
<laughs> making people sadder and sadder. Like the Gashly Cram Tinies, it's very much yeah. like that. I recommend <laughs> exactly. that game a lot, and it's very pretty. So you you it, overlay transparent cards on top of each uh, other to ooh. make more and more miserable scenarios. And there are all kinds of different fun expansions. Like we have a we have like a space one. <laughs> and a fairy tale based one so you can like you can mix and match them and so all of a sudden your victorian gothic character is being like probed by aliens (laughs) i haven't seen the expansions that sounds amazing oh they're a ton of fun i really like them but yeah so i'm wondering if maybe these characters are trying to the the this is the the last you know five years of show winners all who have won (laughs) because they've been miserable and they throw a party I like this idea. I mean, my initial sort of reading of that was that, okay, there's a sorrow party because secretly it's not as happy as as, as everyone thinks. Well, it wouldn't be. It's in a fascist militaristic future. Oh. But I quite like the idea that the show is actually all about sorrow. Yeah. That is a great idea. That's if you it. live in a fascist sort of militaristic kind of a, yes, imagine a kind of Russian 18th mm-hmm. or 19th century where it's a miserable, the Russians are the best country in the world at, at being sad. So maybe, <laughs> exactly. maybe, maybe the game show is like everyone's like, well, you know, I am, I am the saddest. I am, I, I have the most miserable life. In the, 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 the game show is called Losers Weepers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what if I liked your your initial concept about like, you know, it's a sorrow party because it's not really as happy as it seems. What if we flip this? What if they are actually like secretly pretty happy people? <laughs> but they're not allowed to show it. They're not allowed to show it. So they want to throw be, a party they'd together. Be, they'd be execute, <laughs> executed at once if they were revealed to. It, yeah, it has to be a sorrow party. And so they're like, this is a, this is almost even like, almost even leading into like a weekend at Birdie's thing where they're like trying to do something, where they're trying to get away with something. They're trying to throw this party and trying to secretly have fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not show it. So I can see this being a real, a real, in your fascist militaristic society, yeah. I can see mm-hmm. this being a, a show. You've got, you got a show, everyone's really miserable and they're like, mm-hmm. uh, are we going to revolt? But they have a game show on TV where everyone is so much more miserable than they are. That they're like, actually, we, we, we have it quite good. You know, it could be worse. We could be those guys we see on TV who really have it terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, every week it's a competition to see how miserable they all are. And they're so much more miserable than even we are. At least we've got, you know, potato to eat. Those guys don't have that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just to throw a, a different angle at it, unless this is the way we want to go. I was wondering if... Like they have to throw a sorrow party as a response mm-hmm. to being the big show winners. They're like, "Oh, now you're too happy, so you have to have a sorrow party." <laughs> right? I was people wondering come if they're like, you sad. Yeah. Well, w- or like maybe it, I like the idea that it's like to preserve their reputation. <laughs> right. Like, no, we won, but we're still miserable. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I would like to assure the government that I, I, right. I'm, I'm <laughs> exactly. absolutely exactly. Well, because they're in the public eye now. They're, yeah. like they're, oh, they're yeah. public figures. So like if they are seen to be too happy or too flippant or whatever it might be, not right. taking the, the plight of their country seriously enough. Hashtag first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, hmm. I, well, and, and you could have like, I don't think that the, the idea of them wanting to be seen as sorrowful versus wanting to be made sorrowful need to be in competition. You could have, these are multiple characters. So you could have mm-hmm. one who's like, you know, I really do need to be made more solemn or more sorrowful or whatever it might be. And others were like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I just can't show anyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also getting, oh, that Monty Python sketch where they're talking about how they grew up. What oh, is that? The, oh, yes, the four Yorkshiremen. The four Yorkshiremen, yes. Like when I were a lad. Yeah. Luxury. Luxury. <laughs> 
My father fed us poison and then he buried us in a shoebox under the M1. Danced on our graves. Danced on our graves. And we were grateful for it. (laughs) (laughs) That is very much this vibe. (laughs) That That is, yeah. So is that what they're doing at the sorrow party? Are they all just sitting around talking about how how much worse their life is than everyone else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Must be. Who who would they invite to the sorrow party? Like, uh-huh. is it just them is having this, the party, or a, is it is, is it, it like televised? A is it a is reunion? It televised? Oh, yeah, a televised yeah. party. Like a yes. Well, maybe, mm. maybe you know, if this is a show about you know proving how sorrowful you are, maybe every so often you have to turn up on on TV and show that seven years later or seven years after all your big wins, we we, we yeah. actually we are not actually prosperous. You know, my life just got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. After I won the sorrow game. So what what do you win in this? <laughs> like, you can't, like, do you have to come back to prove that the prize didn't help? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, or, or, or do you have to come back and prove that you're still miserable, even though you have the prizes? Like, even th- like, oh, no, now I have to, my house is so big, and I have to clean it all. You know, oh, no. That's a good idea. I mean, presumably this fascist militaristic government wants to prove to the common people that, you know, they have it quite good. And they don't need right. more money. They don't need more freedom. Right. They don't need right. more it, food. It only makes you more miserable. It's, it's, so, yeah, the, it reminds me of, like, you know, there's there's <laughs> there, where people throw around the money can't buy happiness. And sometimes that means that, you know, if you have infinite money, you're not going to be infinitely happy. But sometimes right. people use that in a way to say, like, to, to to kind of dismiss people who do have genuine right. mu- concerns that would be resolved and they would be happier with a little bit they would be happier right. if they didn't have to mo- worry about paying rent. <laughs> mo mo um, money, mo problems. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so and so people so sometimes these platitudes get thrown out at people as a way of being like, this isn't really what you want. So maybe that's this. So maybe they have to come yeah. back to to demonstrate that yeah, even though they got got some material reward from this show, it didn't in fact make them happy. And that's as as a like a propaganda move to tell people, hey, uh-huh. you think you want more money, but you don't actually, because see, it just yeah. still makes these people miserable. But some Instantly. of them are like genuinely living a better life because they don't have to worry <laughs> about medical care as much anymore or something. Yeah. Instantly okay. I got all this money. There were loads of people coming asking to borrow money. Yeah. Right. It was awful. I had a big house and you know I got attacked by burglars came in, murdered my my aged grandmother or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was awful. I wish I just stayed in my little little shack in the countryside where I was happy. <laughs> what? So, so here's my next question. So we have plural winners here. Yeah, is this separate individual winners of the show, like different seasons or whatever, or is this like the whole family one, like Family Feud? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, right. Could be, couldn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's I not kind important. Of- I don't know. I, I don't know if they went together or separately. I do think yeah. that I need them to have gone their own separate ways, like for them to have had very different paths. Oh, so they're becoming so, together for this party. Yeah. Yes. Because I because I want it to be I, I, I think getting that different perspective on how they respond to getting a, a, a windfall of any kind in this. True. Is, yeah, because it could be, mm-hmm. it could vary greatly from person to person. Yeah. But they also have to p- maintain that same appearance of misery. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would be more fun, wouldn't it? It's all sorts of different people who've all, yeah. uh, who are all trying to show off how, how, how sad they actually are in, in very different ways. That would be yeah. more of a, more of a story there. I think so too. From different walks of life and different professions, you know, and they bring somebody different every year. 
Um, I'm going to pause this real quickly just because I think that we we have something developed and we should probably get a title before we get so entrenched <laughs> that we can't change positions if we need to. So our title is, it's okay. I don't know what to do with it. It's My Letters. So huh. it, it's not like an absurd title, but it doesn't necessarily bland. seem to have anything to do with this. <laughs> hmm. Unless this is an epistolary novel of some kind. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, you okay. Can, you can express your secret sorrow in, in in letter form for sure. Oh, like do you guys remember that website Post Secret? Post Secret yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was everyone's secret sorrows. That was great. Oh, That's- okay, okay. So there is okay. So there is a there's something like Post Secret. There's something where people can they can drop off their letters somewhere and they'll be post they'll be printed in this in this underground illegal <laughs> zine. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it is posted out. And one of them, one of them is clearly written by a previous big time show winner. Oh. And so the the government gathers the last like six years of winners or something to throw and throw them a sorrow party. Because <laughs> try- so, which one of you is to happy? figure out which yeah, one of them exactly. is trying to is trying to speak out against them secretly. <laughs> so one of these post secret letters is like, yeah, I, I, I won big time on the game show. And I know I'm meant to be really sad, mm-hmm. but I'm actually super happy. And they don't know exactly which one it is, but they have to get them all together Ooh. and try and establish which one is secretly not as sorrowful as they should be. Yeah. And the twist is that actually all the winners have written into this, but about different things. <laughs> oh, no one, And so yeah. they all think that the government's going to come after them because they're not being clear about what they're all like, oh, this is because of what I wrote. <laughs> and- I do feel that like that kind of farcical scenario where they are all, they're all actually secretly happy is very much like sort of communist film of the 1960s like people like Milos Forman before he yeah. came in and did stuff yeah. like one of the cookies did lots of things like it's called the the secret is it called the secret the fireman's ball the fireman's ball brilliant yes. brilliant film about it. and it's like a bureaucratic fascist you know kind of sorry communist society but uh, you know all sorts of hilarious you know uh, farces happening behind the alleged communist it's, it's not very well run basically it's very bad <laughs> mm-hmm. all sorts right. of funny things are going on because they just can't keep control well, and that's and and like and that's interesting. Like, you could absolutely play with this. Like, maybe this is at like a tipping point in the in the government where they're like uh-huh. they they feel that the the out the the folks trying to uprise are getting a lot more traction, <laughs> and so they're like desperately trying to hold on to control. <laughs> and so you could have all these oh. things where like things are falling apart around them, and like <laughs> one one of their their major you know major party members has just like defected to the other side or something like <laughs> so like things are falling apart around them and this is their Goodness. desperate attempt to pull things together and because well, yeah, that would be the thing because if this underground zine <laughs> like you said it like they kind of let it go on just for the you know keep the people happy pretend they're revolting mm-hmm. but like now that one of the people is definitely in the public eye they just don't know who it is yeah that's way more serious isn't it <laughs> mm-hmm. and so one of them is definitely is definitely trying to they know somebody here is trying to bring us down somebody here is trying to start a new form of government and we will not have it we will root them out <laughs> yeah i think it definitely adds something to the story if this is at a crisis point in in, in history and you know, there's so gonna be almost, a big revolution at the end i think that's yeah nice. yeah so, oh, so the sorrow party almost will turn into a whodunit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, these people invited to an island to Big Brother on camera. For, for a televised you know, for a, for a televised party. sorrow party weekend. I, I like the idea of the sorrow party, you know, coinciding with the big revolution and turning into a happiness party, you know. It could, <gasps> Ooh. If it's all, yeah, if it's all... I like the idea that it's in like this remote location because you could absolutely have like while this is happening 
out in the rest of the country. Like maybe there is, oh, yeah. maybe this is the moment when the revolution hits. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the real world, <laughs> and so and so, yeah, and so, so you like, have like the the local militias, you know, uh-huh. going out and doing, the, and then they'll come home and watch watch a new episode of the Sorrow Party. What's going on? You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, there's something really interesting about those two. And yeah, I think absolutely this ends with a dance party. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But then for extra irony, you have the revolution, the fascist government is overthrown, hooray, and the people in the sorrow party are like, okay, that's good. And then they're all hanged for being collaborators. (laughs) They're like, you're the people who, with your media presence, you know, kept us, kept us uh, subjugated for so long. Kept us down. (laughs) And they're like, worth it, we got, we we got somewhere. (laughs) We're so keeps, the, the pendulum keeps swinging from <laughs> sadness to happiness to sadness to yeah. uh, <laughs> abject misery. Although yeah. it could all end with, you know, on the scaffold at the end, bursting into song in the style of Monty Python. D- uh, dance always, at the execution. Always look, look on, on the bright yeah. <laughs> side of life. Which is I one am. of the best endings for a film ever, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> We've definitely got vibes of that. Like, yeah, this execution dance party where they're all singing and, and kick lining as they die. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, we had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know whether to be happy or sad. <laughs> and uh, both, I guess, is the answer. This is... I I love the tone of this. It's so weird. Yes. And so, <laughs> yes. Is it comedy? Is it tragedy? Is it farce? It's all of them. It reminds me a little them. bit as well of, like, like uh, The Death of Stalin by Armando Iannucci. Uh, yes, yes, that's brilliant um, to make comedy out of that kind of scenario, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Or, or, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, Jenny, if you've seen it, but the premise or, is that it's it's Stalin's inner circle and on the day that he dies, and they're all, like, trying to keep it secret <laughs> because oh. <laughs> uh, because they don't want that news to get out because that could overthrow things and mess things up until right, they figure course. out who's going to take his place. And so it's, it's very, yeah, very farcical, very silly, lots of, like, trying to figure things out and trying to hide the fact <laughs> That their leader is dead. And I'm getting a weekend, similar weekend vibe. At, weekend at Bernie's World War II style. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, yes. Yeah. Communist revolution style. <laughs> really interesting that there's something about communism that lends itself so well to this kind of farcical situation. There's so many right? things, things like that. It's really I, good. I think it has something to do with you know when any in any situation where you where somebody is trying to have like tight control over something, yep. <laughs> like yeah. it's funny to see that control fall apart. And so, you know, any kind of, anytime you're in this kind of police state situation, it's, it's funny and, and relieving to watch that, that you can't have that kind of chokehold on a population without it kind of falling to pieces. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Ooh. And that's funny to watch it fall apart because, <laughs> because there's a conflict where like, I'm trying to hold on as tightly as they can to their own power and their own control and be like, nope, <laughs> it's just going to fall away. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, well, we are, we're right at time. So I'm, oh. I'm going to toss it to our listeners because I love this idea. I think this is so much fun. It's so fun. This absolutely, like, I love in, in, with the, with our title, my letters are, you know, we could absolutely have like interspersed in between, like, you know, the letters that have been written by these characters and you're trying to figure out who wrote which one and, uh-huh. <laughs> and get backstory through that. So I, I love this idea. Please send in an example of the letters. Tell us the characters. Tell us, design the theme song for our Sorrow Party TV show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just like sad and slogging, awesome. I guess. <laughs> Let's go ahead and transition into our final segment where we're going to recommend a story. I was going to recommend this last time and then our, our our story just got too absolutely silly. And this one at least has a mix of tragedy in it. So one of the I recently watched After Sun, 
which is a movie that just it just came out this year end of last year and it's the the idea is that it's it, it's this woman's memories of a vacation she went on with her father when she was like 11 and they it's looking a lot at at her memories, but also he was clearly had a lot of depression going on and was clearly like trying to be a good dad while also dealing with a lot of his inner demons. And it's told very episode, very in like fragments of memory. And it, it's the kind of movie that I doesn't usually, I'm not usually drawn to that style, mm-hmm. but this movie ended and I like, I wanted to burst into tears. <laughs> I was Aww. so moved Aww. by it and so like completely compelled by it. And I hadn't realized it until the credits rolled. And then I was just like, I just sat there like breathing heavily for a little bit being like, you, oh my gosh. You threw I'm, a sorrow oh. party. I did. I threw a <laughs> sorrow party. And but it's also such like a such a loving story. It's it's there's sadness in it, but it's also like so wrapped up in in the love that these characters have for each other and the love that the father and daughter have together. And so it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's definitely worth a watch. It's the the director's first movie, I believe. And the actor who plays the father is nominated for an Oscar. I, I he probably I don't I, I guess the Oscars are tonight when we're recording this. I don't oh, know who win, but probably not him because nobody n- not that many people watched it. But it's 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 well worth watching. After Sun is really it's heartbreaking and it broke me but in the best way. <laughs> okay. All right. Jenny, what would you like to recommend this week? I would like to recommend Matilda by Roald Dahl. Ooh. And I can't believe like, like I I checked our recommendations list. Nobody's recommended this yet. And I was like, "What?" And uh, some of our listeners might be familiar with the movie. You might be familiar with the the charming musical that now has a movie version. The movie version of the musical was my favorite yes. movie of 2022. Nice. But go back and read the original book. It is Everything that is charming about the movie and the musical come from the book originally, obviously. Because sometimes you say the movie's better than the book, the book's better than the movie. They're they're equal in this one. And reading the original story, especially with Quentin Blake's illustrations, which are just classic, Mm -hmm. it's just one of my favorite stories from a very young age. And I never get tired of it. So go read Matilda. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Matthew, you get to recommend something as well. What would you like to share with our listeners? Well, I have two things to recommend now, now based yes. on our discussions of the fascist. So talking about <laughs> this sorrow party in the fascist militaristic future, if people have not seen the Black Mirror episode called 10 Million Merits, I think it's called. It's mm. an incredible story about a game show in a fascist militaristic future with a star-studded cast, including like a pre-famed Daniel Kaluuya mm-hmm. and Rupert Everett and the, the arguably the most attractive girl out of Downton Abbey, the most attractive crawly daughter. But yeah, it has a really, <laughs> has a really bittersweet ending where they, they they win the game show and then kind of it's it's a terrifying ending. Really. Uh-huh. Black Mirror always ends. <laughs> Black Mirror is not going to end well. <laughs> Black Mirror does not end well. Sometimes it does, but this is one of the saddest episodes, I think. Yeah. Uh, but oh, goodness. on a similar theme, you know, and we were talking about fascist, militaristic, communist kind of future. What I was, what I had originally thought to bring to this meeting was one of my favorite films of all time is Andrei Tarkovsky's Andrei Rublev. Mm. It's a story about an artist, a creator in medieval times in Russia. And I'm specifically interested in the last 30 minutes of it. It's a very long film, but stick it out to the last 30 minutes. There's an incredible coda to this thing called The Bell. And so there are armies walking around medieval Russia, just sort of killing everyone. It's a terrible time to be alive. You're probably not going to be alive for very long. Uh, and mm. this army turns up at the house of the bellmaker and says, we need you to build a bell for the glory of the sorrow, or whatever. And the bellmaker is dead and his son is there. And he's like, well, I don't know how to make a bell. And they're like, well, Ooh. fine, then you can just stay here and starve to death. And he says, wait, I do know how to make a bell. <laughs> and they are, okay, come along and make the bell. So the whole story, the whole plot of this 30-minute coda is that the kid has no idea how to make a bell. And mm-hmm. he's being fed 
for as long as he is willing to pretend to be making a bill. And he's like, okay, you need to dig a big pit, maybe make it a little bit bigger, and we gotta we gotta get the alloy just right. And he's sort of seen his father make a bill, but he doesn't really know how mm-hmm. to do it. So he's just Goodness. making it up. He's winging it. And this is all obviously a metaphor for creation for art. You're kind mm-hmm. of making up you. And as far as he knows, you know, at the end, there's going to be no bell. He, he's got no idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's, he's, he's thinking, I'm not a real creator. I'm not a real artist. I'm going to screw it up. This is all going to end up terribly. And I'm, you know, they're going to kill me when they see uh-huh. what, what comes out. So, and it's basically, it's just a, a 30 minute story about having faith in yourself as a mm-hmm. creator. You've just got to trust that somehow you're going to come, you know, your creative endeavors are going to produce something at the end. I don't want to give spoilers, but it mm-hmm. does have a, does have a really powerful ending you know goodness believe in yourself believe in your art just Mm -hmm. you know don't you you will doubt yourself you will think i'm just a fraud i'm gonna die but maybe you won't and so that's if you are a creator i find this a Mm -hmm. very very inspiring piece of cinema yeah Um, i i just saw andre rublev fairly recently and i don't have a good track record with tarkovsky as a director (laughs) we don't (laughs) we don't gel very well but i did i i found I found the themes of that one really resonant and really, really powerful. So I, well, it, I'm glad to hear that recommended. That is it fun. really is about art and creation and it what it means to is. be an artist. So yeah, strongly recommend for me. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. All right, before mm-hmm. we go, Matthew, we want to make sure that you're able to plug anything you want to plug. So your own projects or social media or anything <laughs> you want to share with the world. <laughs> well, as I say, I'm mostly doing trivia these days, not so much creating, but hopefully you, some people might have seen me on Jeopardy. Hopefully they might see me if I get called back to the Tournament of Champions. I will say, if you're interested in trivia, there's lots of really good trivia options online. There's something called the Online Quizly that mm, I would recommend. Nice. There's there's so much out there to do. So I don't know. If you are inspired mm. by the idea that trivia gives you lo- lots of windows into what people are interested in, yeah. gives you lots of ideas, and it's, it gives you an infinite yeah, number of, of prompts as to you know what is out there, what is cool. So I say get involved in trivia. Go go and find the Online Quizly. And, uh, <laughs> yes. That's what we'd like to plug. We want to plug trivia. <laughs> okay. It's on Facebook. Yeah, look me up if you're interested in more trivia. I can I can help. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> Absolutely. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. This was a really interesting episode. And it was really fun. I, I'm always amazed how we could take these bizarre synopses and end up with something that I'm like, I really want to watch this. I really want to see the story. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, thank you. It's fun. All right, folks, that is our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts and join our Patreon for bonus material. Today, we especially want to thank our newest patron and previous guest, Josh, for supporting us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod or on Facebook slash SomebodyWriteThis. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a bit of story or anything else, email us at SomebodyWriteThis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks and we'll see you then. And as they say, he who washes off the dirt washes off the luck. Mm-hmm.